The book of Isaiah is important to our understanding of the coming Messiah and what God's kingdom is meant to be. Our scripture today is from the very middle of the book when prophecies turn from destruction to peace. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. The effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. John the Baptist was born into a priestly family with ancestry back to Aaron, Moses' brother, and the first high priest. His parents were older when he was born, a miracle child. Our scripture today is a prophecy spoken by his father, Zechariah, when John is born. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to greet us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness for him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The early Christians didn't need to read Bible prophecy to understand hope. They were living the experience of hope that came into their hearts through the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Whenever I move into a a new house, One of the things I like to do early on is go out at night and find that place in my yard where I can see the North Star. I like all the the stars in the sky and the constellations, and I like like looking for, you know, Cassiopeia and in the wintertime watching for the rising of Orion that lets me know that the seasons are changing, and I like to look at the phases of the moon. But the most important thing for me to find is always the North Star because it is immovable. That star is always in the same place. It's not the brightest star in the sky. It's it's not the flashiest out there. 
but it is the one around which all the other constellations move. If you've been to a planetarium show and they can do it, they can do it for you quickly, you can see how it stays in one place and the other constellations move around it. But once you find it and kind of get it, this is what I like. You know, I like the fact that once I know where it is, I can stand here in my front yard and it's going to be above that tree. I love it because I just know it's always going to be there. And so when I find it, it gives me this sense of, of kind of stability and rest and, and strength because it's always there. And, you know, it's been used as a navigation tool for, for years that people knew that they could look for the North Star and that would point them north. You feel like a little compass needle. You know, you can, I can line myself up with the North Star. Now, one of the ancient names for Jesus was Morning Star, that star that rises at dawn and shines brightly just before the day begins and, and gives people hope. And that was always one of the, the names of Jesus in this idea that he is our morning star. He's the light of dawn coming into our lives. But I think it's also appropriate to think of Jesus as our north star. That thing that, that stays steady and shows us a grace and a love and a mercy that never changes despite the fact that our lives may be spinning all around it. It stays right there in the center. Through this whole season of Advent... We are going to be looking every week at ways that you can be centered in Christ and find that kind of that central quiet place so that while the rest of your lives are spinning around, and I don't know about the rest of you, but that's generally what this time of year feels like to us, right? That there's all these things that go on and we're so busy and, and we have to be. There's just a lot of responsibilities. But here in this place every Sunday, we want to give you kind of that direction, help you line yourself up again. And center yourself in Christ. And find that in, in that center place, there is a peace and a resting and a quietness that helps you, you know, focus every week on, on what we're about here and what this season really means. You know, this is, this is your anchoring place here. And our hope and our, our rest and our peace are in Jesus. And each, each week we'll take one of these words that you see up there on our Advent table, hope, love, and joy, and peace. And we'll talk about how the ways that they help us to find that center every single week. So this morning we're going to be thinking of how we can find Jesus and focus on Jesus by our hope that we have. How hope points the way. How hope points the way and kind of gives us that direction and, and, and draws us towards that, that star that is Christ and is our light so, to, so we can find that quiet anchoring place. Now I want you to go back again, think of the night sky and think of how you find the north star. Can anybody tell me how do you find the north star? What's the quickest, easiest way to find the north star? Diane. Follow the st two of the stars in the Big Dipper. Not actually the handle, but if it's the two stars that form the bowl of the Dipper. And a Dipper, you know, this, I thought of it. I was thinking of this, thinking, you know, nobody uses Dippers anymore. <laughs> we said we had these Dippers in the sky, and you know, and I was thinking, kids might be going, what's a Dipper anyways? You know, it's kind of like a, a cup with a long handle, and, and, and if you go to those historic old schoolhouses, they usually have the bucket of water still in the dipper to show you how the kids shared their drinks. <laughs> that must have been 
a fun thing to do. Um, almost it's worse than a water fountain. <laughs> okay, so you have this Big Dipper. And the Big Dipper, if you follow the two stars that, that form the bowl of the, the Dipper away from the handle, just take, you t line up those two stars and keep going. It's not very far away. And again, it's not a bright star. Keep going, and there's that star, that North Star, that will always be in the same place there. And so, but you have those two points of light that, that, that you line up and they show you the way. And we have within our traditions and our history and our scriptures also points of light that help line us up and show us the way and give us hope as we head towards Jesus. And I want to talk about those today. One of those points of light that we can follow to Jesus is promise. Is promise promise that gives us hope. We have a God who is a promising God who has promised us, has promised us from the very beginning life and care and relationship and grace and mercy. It's all through the Bible. We use the word covenant, which is a special kind of promise. A covenant is a relationship promise where, where people on both sides of the covenant have promised to be in relationship with each other. And our God is a covenant God. And from the beginning, from the time that in our stories where Adam and Eve were created and Noah was saved, and then through Abraham and, and Joseph and Moses and the kings... The promise keeps getting renewed and renewed and renewed. I will be your God, and you will be my people, and I will save you. I'll be with you, and I will guide you, and I will heal you. Promises and promises and promises that come from God. Now, a promise is, is a basis of hope, isn't it? If somebody promises you something, so that, you know, maybe you saw a family on Thanksgiving, and then they went away and they said, well, you know, we'll see you again at Christmas. You know, there's a promise there. And so you have this hope and this anticipation that for that time when you're going to see them again, and that's what God's promises do for us. We're like, oh, yes, God has promised to be with us. You know, I can always hope and look forward to that fact that God's going to fulfill that promise. You can trust God to fulfill that promise again and again and again. Or if a doctor, if you're sick, and your doctor promises you that you will get better. You may, never, you may not feel like that at that moment. If you went through the flu this fall and somebody said you're going to get better, you might not have believed them the moment when you were most sick. But you know that, that, that if somebody has promised you it's okay, you'll get better. You have a hope in you then. So one of the things that gives us hope and leads us towards Christ is the promises that have been made to us by our God. And another thing, now the, the second point of light here that leads us towards Christ and gives us hope is prophecy and all the prophecies of the Bible. And I'm not just talking about kind of the woo-woo, big cosmic evil and, and good battles of, of biblical prophecy. Sometimes when you say Bible prophecy, it means kind of that big cosmic um, scope of good versus evil. But I'm talking about all the prophecies, all the different ways God has spoken to us through human beings. This is how God communicates to us, one of the major ways. God picks a person to be God's prophet in that moment. It could be men, it could be women, they could have a lifetime of prophecy, they could have one certain message that they have to give to people. So God picks people out, like a Moses, and speaks to that person, and then that person speaks to the people. And, and so what we have is God's communications 
all through the ages. And sometimes they are predictions. They're, they're, and sometimes they're not very happy ones. They're like, if you guys keep going this way, it's going to be bad for you. But a lot of the prophecies are very hopeful as well. The book of Isaiah is the longest prophetic book in the Bible and probably the most important for us, especially as Christians. And it, is, it has its own doom and gloom predictions in it, but it has a lot of hope, 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 hope in it. A lot of hope in it. And notice these two things, promise and prophecy, are pretty closely linked. They're pretty similar because prophecies contain promises. But if you think about it, in the book of Isaiah are some of our favorite hopeful kind of Advent Christmassy prophecies. The virgin who will bear a child and the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And the suffering servant who will come and heal us by, by his own suffering. And all the other, and the peaceable kingdom, all those are in Isaiah. These kind of hopeful prophecies that someday, someday, and it might be soon, there will be a change in the world and things will be better. So we've got God's promise and God's prophecies leading us towards, you know, that star, that light that is Jesus. Now, here's the other cool thing about the North Star. Once you do find it, and if you have a, a bright enough sky and you're far enough away from the city, you will see that the North Star forms part of the handle of the Little Dipper. And so the Big Dipper holds, you know, is big. It looks like this big thing that can hold all our, our scriptures and our traditions and stuff. And then there's the Little Dipper that's constantly always being poured into the Big Dipper. And I want to, our last thing, our last light that, that gives us hope is the actual presence of Jesus that we have and experience all the time, have already experienced, experience right now today, that pouring out of Jesus that already is present in our lives. And that gives us hope that that will continue. And that's what Paul was writing about to those early Christians. He said, you know, we don't just have to hope that someday, you know, we have this hope that someday we're going to live eternally with Christ. But that's not, that's not the only reason we have hope. We have hope because we have already experienced the love and the grace of God. We felt it already, didn't we? We have felt it. It's given us strength. It's, it's given us a knowledge of forgiveness of sins. That's what justification is. He goes, since we've already been justified, we've already felt that feeling of, wow, you know, I, I'm forgiven. I, I have this connection with God. God loves me. We've already experienced personally and powerfully the presence of Jesus right here in our midst. And because of that, we can hope in the someday that he'll be with us again. We can hope in that eternal life we have. And we can even like not be bothered by suffering. Because suffering is going to bring endurance and character. And it's going to even strengthen our hope. Because that's really going to help to center us on Christ. All when, when the things get the busiest and the worst and the most overwhelming in our lives, that's when we end up even more centered and find a quiet place and a strength and an anchor in Christ. That's what hope is all about. Hope is a light in the darkness. And light is brightest when the darkness is darkest, right? That's what hope is. So what is this that we're hoping for here? Why do we celebrate Advent every year and talk about hope every year? Is, it, is, is this hope because we're preparing for Christmas and the baby coming? Well, that's, that's part of what we're hoping for in Advent every year. But... It's a lot more than that, too. Every year when we talk about hope, what we're saying is we have already experienced the presence of Christ among us. And God has promised, and we've heard the prophecies, 
that Christ will be among us again. Advent is always kind of looking forward to Christmas, but it's always looking forward to Jesus coming again someday too. And it's kind of this constant celebration of of the endless cycle of God coming into our lives again and again and again and again. We have a hope because God has come, will come again, will always come, will someday come finally, when there will be finally perfect peace and righteousness and forgiveness and healing and no more suffering and no more death. But we, in the meantime, every single season... Of Advent, And this is the first day of the Christian year. Did you know that? The first Sunday of Advent. It's always the beginning of the Christian year again. See, we start the cycle again, and we hope. And we hope because we continuously feel the coming of God into our lives. We're still waiting. We're still hoping. But our hope is renewed by all these promises and the prophecies and the presence that we already feel. This week, I, I always like to give you something to think about. This week, I want you to think about hope when you go from this place. And I want you, not just what you hope for under the tree on Christmas Day. <laughs> I want you to think about big hope stuff. Big hope stuff. Like, like, think about all the military personnel who are serving overseas. and Think about the, the day then they might all return home because there will be peace. This week is World AIDS Day. December 1st is always World AIDS Day. Why don't, you think, why don't you think about big hope stuff like a cure for AIDS? Let's think about big hope stuff. Peace and the curing of diseases and forgiveness of sins and reconciliation between peoples who have hated each other for, for generations. Think about that big hope stuff. That is within God's scope. That's the kind of hope that we trust in. Not just, so it's not just hope for yourself, but hope for the world. Because that is what Jesus provides for us. When everything else is spinning around, we still have that center in Jesus. And if you get a good starry night this week, I invite you to look for the North Star.